the seed of joy which was sitting unsprouted before and suddenly that seed got water sunshine excitement soil with that magic of movement and music and you find that liberation you find that freedom from your own emotions mm-hmm. from your own traps and you feel light you feel utterly joyful you feel that you have forgotten about your past or future you are now here in present if you don't already know who that is you are in for a treat if you're one of the millions of people who already know who that is you know you're in for a treat you are about to meet the most joyful person on the planet he lives near the north pole He's always jolly. And no, he is not Santa Claus, but like Santa, he brings joy to so many people around the world. In fact, he's known for it. If you're one of the millions of people who have watched his videos, you've seen this joy drop of a human dancing bungra in the Yukon wilderness in northern Canada on the other side of the world from where he grew up, a small Punjabi farming village. His name is Gordip Pandir, and he made a decision on March 11th, 2020. Yes, we all remember that day. But that decision not only changed his life, it changed the lives of people across countries and continents. At the time, practically nobody knew who he was. Just some man living in the northern wilderness in his tiny cabin with no plumbing. A man who made a decision to post one Bangra dance video a day to social media when the pandemic began. His goal? To spread any joy, hope, and positivity that he could. Millions and millions and, well, tens of millions of video views later. And he's on a mission to heal the world with the power and magic of dance. But more than that, he's healing wounds of division and bringing people from different communities, cultures, and backgrounds together. Look, you need more joy. I need more joy. We all need more joy. And joy isn't some flippant, fleeting thing. Joy is essential to your well-being. And that's not from the Dahlia National Research Institute of Dahlia Research. That's science, my friend. And studies show that joyful people have a lesser chance of heart attack, maintain healthier blood pressure, and tend to have lower cholesterol levels. And research proves joy boosts your immune system, fights stress and pain, and improves your chance of living a longer life. Why wouldn't you want joy? It is a natural pain killer. It is a healer. Plus, it's fun. Here's the thing, Gurdip, this conversation that you're about to hear between us, he's going to teach you so much more than you're ready for. So I need you to prepare yourself because you're going to change everything. Your perspective on not only joy, but your perspective on loneliness, darkness, all of these things that you might not even like about yourself, these things that you don't like about life, these things that you feel maybe doomed by, he's going to change all of that for you. All of it. But you need to pay attention. 
And the coolest part, I don't think, at first I thought this is the coolest part when he talks about the importance of darkness and how to deal with loneliness. But I don't think that's it. I think what really is going to change everything for you is understanding how those hard, hard, I just can't handle it, hard times, understanding why those are actually much better and much more important than you think they are. Look, we all need joy more than ever. So please make sure to spread this joy. Please share this podcast with someone that you care about and follow it. Join this community because that's what we do here. But now... I get to introduce the man who has danced with celebrities and troops and the chief of an indigenous community. And now that I've had that privilege too, ah, yes, we made a dance video, which you can see it is up on the social platforms. And let me tell you, dancing Bhangra is, it's genuinely the most joyful workout I've ever done. I can also tell you, Please go easy on me. It was my first time. Thank you very much. All right. Are you ready for this? I am so honored that I finally get to introduce you to the most joyful person on the planet, Gurdip Bandir. Her hair is curly. Her teeth are pearly. She's got an edge, but she's still pretty girly. Oh, oh, nothing rhymes with Dahlia. I'm sweating. I'm, I'm sitting here across from, and I'm going to ask him to say his name properly as well, because I, I say as well as if I'm saying it properly. I've heard this man's name, who is the most joyful person on the planet. That's it. You're the most joyful person on the planet. So I pronounce that properly. I've heard your name pronounced so many different ways, but that's only because you're interviewed all over the world by so many different people. Gurdip Pandir. You're welcome. very close. Um, <laughs> very, very close. Good job. Um, Thank you. If we need to go to more precise pronunciation. Yes, please. It's Gurdip mm-hmm. Pandir. One more time. Gurdip Pandir. Yeah. Pandir. I like holding on to the deer, which means the deer part means light and gur means teacher. And that's only because he's a teacher who taught me the light of his name. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, if uh, your listeners would like to know what gurdip means, it comes from two words. First part is gur, which means guru. Guru means a teacher. Mm-hmm. And the last part is deep. Deep means lamp or light. So combining both together, it, it is teacher of brightness or teacher of light. That's exactly what you are. As I sip my bottle of water, which I had to open while you're saying that, because we just danced. And the way you started off each dance, okay, ready and happy. <laughs> and I really think you gave me an idea. Before I get out of bed every morning, you know what the new thing I'm going to do is? I'm going to be lying there. My eyes are going to open. 
my dog Fozzie Bear is going to kiss me and stretch out and do all the things that he does as my favorite little puppet Muppet. And then I'm going to get out of bed and I'm going to say, ready, happy. <laughs> it makes you smile immediately. Yeah, I think um, like morning time when you wake up, uh, um, like it's, it, it's uh, true for everyone, including myself. Like it's the mindset in the morning, the way we set it up. Mm -hmm. um, it's very helpful during the whole day. This is what you do. You bring joy, hope, and positivity. I've heard you say that so many times, and people around the world have heard this because they turn to you for that. And I want to get into all of this joy, hope, and positivity because part of joy, you cannot have joy without its opposite. Everything. You can't have light without darkness. And you find joy in that darkness, and we're going to get to that today, especially because we're living in a time when people have never been this lonely, they've never been this anxious, it's a tough time. But you can still always find that joy. Before we get into anything, and we'll talk about how you got here, how, well, we know you took a plane, so you ended up in Toronto across from me. <laughs> but before we get into that, I always see you wear an orange turban. There are other colors that you can wear, and maybe I've missed other colors. I've read and correct me please if I'm wrong, that the orange turban signifies courage, wisdom, sacrifice, and strength. Yes, that's absolutely true. And I do have turbans from other colors too, but uh, orange is the color which I wear most of times. And it has connections with, uh, yes, courage, strength, sacrifice. Uh, uh, and it's also coming from our heritage too, Punjabi or Sikh heritage as well. Um, because uh, it was introduced by our guru, Guru Gobind Singh Ji, when he created an army more than 300 years ago to protect uh, human rights, to protect uh, just humanity. So this uh, color has, uh, has very deep, deep meaning and history. I think, in fact, when you say to protect human rights, to protect humanity, how you look to protect that joy and protect the human spirit and an active decision you made going back to March 11th, 2020, you made a decision that I'm sure has changed your life beyond whatever you imagined, but it has changed lives of people around the world beyond anything you ever imagined. Uh, yes. On March 11, 2020, uh, World Health Organization, they declared COVID as global pandemic. And I was listening to that news in my cabin in the wilderness of the Yukon, and I decided to do something. I thought that what, what can I do? What I can do to help? Then I came up with an idea that, yes, I love this dancing. This is my passion. This is my hobby. And much more than that, too. And that, how about if I start creating joy, creating positivity with the, the magic or power of my dance? And then I decided that starting today, I would make one video every day and I would post on my social media to send messages of joy, hope and positivity across the country and beyond. And <laughs> actually, it's very interesting at that time, when I made this decision, I was under the impression that maybe this COVID thing would last maybe a couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe we were a all month. under that impression. <laughs> maybe maybe most most one or two months. And uh, so I didn't know that I would be dancing for two years <laughs> straight. Uh, and uh, I, when I started making those videos, and lots of people 
close to close to close they started connecting with my work with the messages mm-hmm. and uh, i started receiving very very wonderful feedback which also came as an encouragement for me because after a couple of weeks i was thinking that should i carry it on continue although of course i continued but uh, of course i also needed positivity but positivity to me came in the form of love from people um and i um i stayed on this journey what started as uh, a journey of passion to bring people hope i wonder because when you talk about how people connect with you they'll like they'll share they'll comment and to get that on social media on any platform is difficult enough on its own but you go beyond those vanity metrics in a way which a lot of people look to the numbers the statistics because people connect with you on a physical level you get people to write letters when nobody writes letters and like send them in the mail across the world people make things from their heart whether it's something that they knit something that they draw something that they write and they send it to you gurdeep to get a, a comment that's asking a lot from somebody on, on a tweet on an instagram post you get gifts from the heart is this now a responsibility for you I would say that uh, receiving letters from people handwritten letters it touched me my heart it touched me my soul and uh, it touched me in many ways that uh, the love the level of love yes i know that uh, uh, sometimes uh, we can't get a comment on social media because people are so busy in their life and people were sparing times uh, not just to write one letter creating paintings creating artwork creating drawings creating statues creating uh, things such as a crochet doll <laughs> and uh, some people even wrote that it took them uh, weeks or months to make it and they told me that in their letters that they felt compelled to do it and when i read those letters when i saw those artwork uh, i just started seeing joy in a very different way previously i used to see joy more like entertainment Uh, after receiving those letters or messages i started uh, realizing that oh yes joy has even more deeper meaning it's not just fun it's not just entertainment it has that healing power yes it has that therapy thing is mm-hmm. uh, joy is medicine joy is uh, something which can ground you joy is something when you are nervous when you are uh, feeling that oh my world is gonna scatter or something is gonna happen or i'm not gonna control everything then joy plays an important role it calms down your worries it brings you at that level when where you can fi- find your peace again so those letters they helped me finding this new beautiful meaning and i said that oh actually this is like that favorite medicine people want like some people who are in hospital they send me letters that hey gurdeep i'm in a hospital and i'm watching your video on my phone and watching your videos is helping me in in, in many ways helping me in my recovery process i said to myself oh, really is this that powerful that realization was an eye opening for me and it made me yes passionate more passionate it made me realize that it's a, it's a social service i started feeling that no i'm not entertainer i'm doing something social service where helping people elevating their spirits and calming down their worries and just finding their that good moment which everybody longs for 
You made me think of a story when you shared this. I learned this a couple of years ago and it changed my idea of what joy is too. And it changed my idea of the power that each of us hold in this world, even when we think we're powerless. So I was at this event and I meet this man, Stu, and he tells me that he was a camp counselor when I was a little girl. I never remembered him because I was a little girl. I was eight at camp. And he tells me that the camp director, Carol, had recently died. And he said, but we were talking about you in her last days before her death. They were talking about me. And I, I was thinking, what, wh why? You know, I was eight years old. And there was this night at camp when we had skits we were performing. And I remember I was very upset because I had to play the part of this grandmother and I didn't have a speaking role. And at eight, I felt insignificant. No one's going to see me. Nobody's going to care about me because I don't have a speaking role. So the role was I'm on stage and they gave me a fake chest like an old grandmother. So I had this big chest and I had a babushka on my head and they gave me a cookie. And my job was to eat this cookie through the whole scene. And as I'm eating this cookie, I kept taking a bite, and Stuart explained this to me. I would take a bite of the cookie, then crumbs would fall on my chest, and I would just brush them off of my chest. <laughs> and every time I took a bite of the cookie, that happened. And this was the moment that Carol kept with her for years. And at the end of her life, it brought her joy. A moment when I was eight years old that I thought I was insignificant, I have an unmemorable part because I'm not speaking. And this moment brought someone at the end of their life, decades later, joy. It's so powerful. So when you talk about that lesson that you learned, and I had a feeling you would talk to me about the healing of joy. So I wanted to look up the science of this. Simon Fraser University. They did a study on this. This is one of many. And they did it on Bungra. Did I pronounce Bungra properly? Bungra is correct pronunciation, and you're Thank very you. close. <laughs> okay. Thank you for being very kind and telling me I'm very close. And they did a study, and they said that it promotes healing. It scientifically promotes healing. It gives a sense of community. It gives a sense of comfort. It reduces stress. And it reduces anxiety. This is one of many studies that was done. There's a science to joy and a science to what you're doing. Uh, I, I totally agree with their study. Um, and I'm grateful to uh, those people at Simon Fraser University for doing this research. Yes, Pangra is a very powerful movement. Any kind of physical movement, it, it has power. And, and Pangra, it has uh, that specific rhythm which is so uplifting, like when you move and you match your move to music, definitely you are moving your body. And also, you also move your mind, the inside of your mind. It feels that those hormones, those energy cells, or wherever in your body or in deep core of your heart, where the seed of joy, which was sitting unsprouted before, and suddenly that seed got water, sunshine, excitement, soil with that that magic of movement and music and you find that liberation you find that freedom from your own emotions mm -hmm. from your own traps and you feel light you feel utterly joyful you feel that you have forgotten about your past or future you are now 
here in present. We just danced. <laughs> you were teaching me moves that we did in front of a camera and it was complicated for me to think to look at the camera and to do the moves and to match these different beats up. But at the same time, as soon as you would go, ready, happy, and <laughs> I would just start laughing and I would automatically smile. It was an automatic shift in the spirit. It, it just automatically does that to you. Your presence also helps, I'm sure. But all of this put together, I mean, anybody can go and put on a dance and go on camera and do whatever performance, but there's an authenticity to this. The thing is, people see you as someone who brings joy, hope, and positivity. And as you present online, people often mistake that for being the whole of the person. And there are other sides. You can't constantly have joy. You find joy in darkness. You find joy in grief. You came to Canada years ago. You started anew from a farming village to come to the wilderness in the Yukon across the world, speaking a different language. Let's go back to what initially brought you here. A dictionary, <laughs> a bike ride to pick it up, <laughs> and how you got here to Canada. And let's get to that next. So, your Canada story. This has been an interesting journey. I'm, an, of course, an immigrant to Canada from my, my village, Sayar, in Punjab. There was no English at all. And farming community, it was very simple, straightforward life. People would go to farm and they come home. They were not much connected with the, the outside world. What was happening in the world, they didn't have any single clue. I became more curious about the world and that dictionary was very helpful in my urge to to learn different languages of the world of course uh, english being an international language i felt that i should learn it so that i can connect with uh, with more of the world and fulfill my curiosity and i think i was in grade 7 or 8 and that opened me my door although learning language was not easy it was a new level of hard work because um, nobody in my family or in my village was speaking in English. Then um, I was lucky enough to get uh, my education up to university, which helped me bringing to, to Canada. And uh, even coming to Canada, like settling down in Canada, it was not that easy. I had to navigate my life in many ways. Uh, sometimes uh, I was on paths which were not uh, straightforward. Uh, sometimes those, those paths were bumpy and they were creating a lot of hurdles. But I continued my journey somehow. I moved to different places in Canada. I became Canadian, Canadian citizen. And actually, when I became Canadian citizen, I was becoming Canadian. I was going through a big moment of realization that how much I know about Canada. At that time, uh, in 2011, I started across the country tour. And I went everywhere in Canada. I learned about the country. I thought that, no, I'm not going to fall into that uh, ritualistic, like uh, very standard that uh, you find a job um, and then uh, you, you find a home and... Uh, you build your life, maybe, then there's a family, and then uh, I, I thought that I, I need to do something different. And that different thing was that uh, I need to learn about cultures in Canada, need to learn about different people, their languages, their backgrounds, uh, um, their beautiful colors. Even in one culture, there are many, many 
little cultures, subcultures, mm-hmm. microcultures. I need to understand those nuances. My journey in Canada has been like this, navigating, learning about the country, going from one place to another place just to explore, explore. Yeah, sometimes I was hopeless too because uh, that was not easy. But uh, I, I, I said to myself that difficulties are part of any, any, anything. Like, And this positivity really helped me. From a Punjabi farming village to the Yukon wilderness, there, there are people, whether we're talking about Canadians, whether we're talking about Americans, who haven't looked at their own country where they've lived since birth. They've stayed static in a certain region to explore a country and to learn about people, to have that insight. We talk about tolerating people. You know, we've got to learn to tolerate when we hear about racism. I don't, I don't want somebody to tolerate me. I want somebody to accept me. I want somebody to understand me. And you're never going to learn about people unless you put yourself out there and explore. What have you learned in these explorations across the country, in meeting people from around the world, in dancing with people on warships, with politicians, with celebrities? You've been exposed to so many people, so many cultures. Please share this experience, knowledge and wisdom with us. It has been an amazing experience. It was part of that curiosity that I need to learn about uh, the country and the people of this country and uh, to build my own understanding. I started uh, exploring different paths. Uh, One of the paths was uh, to connect with different people from different walks of life. I danced with the Canadian soldiers at uh, Naval Base in Victoria, BC. That was one of the wonderful experiences when where uh, soldiers are soldiers from uh, different backgrounds, from all walks of life. They dance together to spread uh, diversity, to spread inclusivity, to spread uh, togetherness in Canada, and, and to give this message that, uh, that embracing each other is very important. You just said very beautifully that I want people to embrace me, not just tolerate. I want people to understand me who I am and let me understand themselves who they are so that we all embrace each other. So uh, not only those soldiers, I went to different indigenous communities, danced with indigenous people. I I have a wonderful example that I went to Old Crow. Old Crow is a is very northern community in the Yukon, and there's no road that goes to Old Crow. You either has to have to fly, or you have to take a boat. And over there, I danced with chief of that government, mm-hmm. and I danced with the elders. I danced with the um, with many many other wonderful people from the community, and that was amazing experience to to learn about their culture, and it also allowed me to share my culture with them. And, and the power of dance was very, very important one. That was main connector, I felt that. Because I felt that in, in the beginning, there was a bit hesitation because mm-hmm. I was brand new in their community. But as, as soon as I did my dance workshop with them, uh, I'm grateful to the First Nation government. They, they provided me space and permission. And with magic of dance, and people started connecting with me. I was walking in the streets of Old Crow. Sometimes people uh, would show up and they would start dancing in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was very amazing yeah. example in front of me that, hey, look, I would say that 90% of Canadians never been to that kind of village. And probably these people, they are not much exposed to other cultures. 
and definitely if they consider me a stranger and outsider that's normal right mm -hmm. uh, but look this this magic and powerful of dance the great connector and now we are communicating talking even they invited me to their places for tea or dinner and uh, I, I i stayed at the residence of chief for a couple of days that it's was an honor yeah that was quite honor and they showed me their ways of life and i have many other um, examples too i i danced with the uh, people from other cultures because my focus has been to explore different cultures such as another example is Celtic musicians in the Yukon and they played beautiful Celtic music. I've seen that dance, <laughs> I've seen it. And, uh, and, uh, and I performed Pangra and that was also uh, uh, one of uh, ways to build those bridges. I danced with the Highland dancers, Irish dancers, Ukrainian dancers, people from other communities, uh, celebrities, uh, such as Brittle Star, um, <laughs> Brittle, uh, uh, Brittle Star, he came to my cabin in the Yukon, I... he and his wife. Uh, and, and yes, people were... And you went to Stratford. Yes, I <laughs> went to Stratford. And, uh, and many people from many small communities, people from many remote communities, I went there or they came to my cabin. And dancing, it opened up the hearts of everyone who participated. It removed those barriers. You know what? We all know that, uh, that most of people I heard talking about that, uh, hey, uh, we are humans, everybody is human. But when it's time to connect with the people, they are not able to connect. The reason is that there's some barrier which we are not able to overcome. Mm -hmm. Even if we say that, oh, I'm, I'm a very open-minded person. But still, we, we, we feel some sort of barrier. But when we dance together, just dance together, we forget everything, it just removes that barrier. It just uh, connects us in 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 a, in a such a deeper you're level creating an experience while your endorphins are heightened yeah 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 exactly exactly and then you are that uh, that philosophy that uh, the world is is just uh, full of, of fellow humans you are actually practically practically you are able to practice that you are able to see just in inside part of everyone that the heart is throbbing uh, the beats, uh, the, the nervous mm -hmm. system is running. The, the, the blood. sweat is pouring uh, if, you're, if you saw us before yeah. when we were dancing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you forget all those different things like uh, skin colors, uh, races, uh, religions, uh, different style of costumes or clothing. You, you, you forget all that outer, outer outside mm -hmm. things. You, you, you are connected more now emotionally. You are connected more like... Uh, like it's a soul-to-soul -soul connection. Yes, the rhythm actually mm -hmm. comes. Like when you speak about it, and I'm thinking about us dancing together before, mm -hmm. and I was, I was trying because I couldn't see you 100%. You weren't in front of me or sort of beside me, so I was just trying to feel your rhythm, right? You could feel somebody's energy, and you feel that energy, so you have to connect on that level. And that's probably, I don't know, this is from the Dahlia National Research Institute of Dahlia Research, but it's probably on that level where you're making that energetic connection, that spiritual connection that you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. It, it creates such a powerful, pure, precious, uh, I would say simple, one human to another human, like without adding those filters, like it removes all those filters it's like a raw connection pristine serene and then there's next level now there's a connection now there's an understanding now 
true, really appreciation of connecting with another human being and understanding humanity. Some, someone was telling me that the, that person was doctor, that in milliseconds, you can push a needle into someone's skin and then the blood comes out because mm -hmm. it takes milliseconds to push a needle. But it is a reason for big issues. But we do not look at other things which are bigger in our body, such as blood, bone structures, nervous system, many, many other it's like, things. It's like everything in life. You know, we're so quick to uh, talk about our appearance, and appearance is so very important. You know what I think? I think that my kidneys function amazingly well. I've got gorgeous kidneys. I've got a great liver because I could process and metabolize things, and my body can handle things. But nobody cares about what my kidneys and my liver look like. They care about what your hair looks like, what your eyes look like, what your face looks like. But there are so many other layers to this. And exactly. you're saying just that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, uh, you know, we are uh, standing in front of something very beautiful, but we are just looking from the outside. Yeah. We never enter the inside. This is why people do more than like and comment on your posts. This is why people send you the stuff from their heart, because social media is very much a superficial thing, but yours gets people inside. So I want to talk to you about joy and finding joy in grief, finding joy in darkness, and that personal moment in your life. But also looking at this, because I remember when I was in the Dominican Republic, there were these men on the beach. It's probably 45 degrees Celsius, at least under the hot sun, it's more. And they had to clean seaweed. They spent their days, entire days, on the beach, hot sun, covered from head to toe in clothing to protect themselves from the sun and the bugs on the beach, cleaning the seaweed. A miserable job. All of us were there at the resort, you know, we're hanging out, we're there for our own pleasure to have fun. And here are these people working around us, Dominicans and Haitians, making very little money, working very hard, working very long hours. And they did something while they were working. They'd sing and dance. And they'd be laughing. And they'd be having fun. They, they, they would look like they were the people on the resort. Well, you'd see the people on the resort who were there complaining, where's my drink, where's my this, where's my that? And these people who are working so hard. They're singing, they're dancing. And I look at the history of Bungra and how farmers would do this, laborers would do this to get through the day. This says a lot. Tell me from your culture, from what you learned about dance, when you learned it when you were, I imagine, a little boy, what you were taught. This is a very good question, how joy is very important, more than many other things which we see in this materialist world. Yes, this is true that Pangra as a dance form, it was created by farmers in Punjab. A long time ago when farming used to be manual, it used to be tough. And those farmers, after their hard-working days, they would dance Pangra. Even all those Pangra moves, they are mimicking different agricultural activities. So, so slowly this dance started to be known as Punjabi folk dance. So this dance, from it, its origin, from farming community there, this element of uh, creating positivity naturally, organically, during those tough, hard-working lives. Of course, their lives were not perfect. They were, uh, they were sad. They were uh, 
because there were there was a lots and lots of lots of hard work because nowadays farming is easier because we have tractors or combines in farms but back then the farming was all manual it was done with hands or with the help of some animals and from uh, before sunrise they would start work and they will return home after sunset and dancing pangra it created joy in such tough hard working days even after harvesting their crops in uh, in in april they would dance pangra to celebrate and to be grateful to the land so this dance it has that element that uh, that when you are feeling down when you are feeling low when you are feeling that your world is not going right dancing pangra it can really elevate your spirits that's why this is known as happy dance some people say that oh this is happy dance happiness is important part of this dancing like my teachers they would say that uh, if you are dancing perfectly you are not making a single mistake with your body however you are not happy from your heart you are not joyful from your heart that is not pangra dancing from the flip side if you are fully joyful from your heart but you are making some mistakes with your body that is pangra dancing pangra dance this this element of liberating element of feeling free element of connecting element of being in present element of just being bird being free just enjoy that moment so deeply so so connected is very important and that's true that that those farmers they were happy after dancing those those moves you said something so profound there especially when you were talking about if you're making mistakes that that's the proper way to do it that's where you find the joy because people look at perfection like this is the ultimate thing that you need to look for in life perfection isn't looking to do something correctly it's looking to do something without criticism from other people and if you're just trying not to be criticized by other people then you're focused on something negative already mhm if you're focused on doing the dance then you're going to be focused on the joyful elements of it and as a perfectionist i can say this because a lot of times in life when i've strived for that perfection you're never happy you're never going to find it because you're never going to make everybody happy so it is impossible and you give yourself a failing task to begin with but if you just go into something looking and i'm learning as i say all this to you looking to find the joy in it you're not setting yourself up for failure you're setting yourself up for joy for positivity and this is what you help other people do without even saying it out loud this is what you do but people look to you they look to gurudeep pandir and they say wow you know here's the guy who's living this joyful life every time i see him he's smiling he's bouncing he's positive i would love for you to share with us um a moment a time that you feel comfortable sharing where there was darkness that you had to deal with and how did you get through that time please share that with us next so the question of dealing with darkness this is a very beautiful question we humans who we are 
Yes, of course, we are made of uh, different things, uh, outside skin and inside we have blood, heart, kidneys, uh, bones. Uh. However, very important part of our human body, which is overlooked, emotions. Mm -hmm. We humans are also made of hundreds of emotions, not just uh, emotion of sadness, emotion of being angry. There are many other, other emotions too. We are packed with many, many different emotions and I'm pretty sure that some of those emotions doesn't, they don't have even name yet. Mm -hmm. And we all humans, that's what it makes us humans, not a machine. And sometimes those are high emotions, such as emotion of being joyful, being happy, being positive, and sometimes those emotions can be low emotions, such as being sad, being reflective, or crying, or weeping. And some emotions could be in the middle. Mm -hmm. And every single human who goes through this cycle, sometimes they are at high. Sometimes they are touching the, the lows. Sometimes they are in, in, in middle. So I'm a human too. Um, <laughs> being a human, yes, of course I... I experience my highs, I also experience my lows. And when I experience in my lows, yes, I get sad. I get to the point that I'm reflective. I, I feel uh, that inside my heart, I am uh, grieving about something. I am uh, missing someone. I am uh, thinking about someone. I am... Uh, I'm just, I, I'm just feeling that, that pure, pure low of, of my emotions. And, and I appreciate that moment. I appreciate that moment because when I'm in that moment, it gives me bigger reflection. It helps me relating with other people. It helps me creating compassion. It helps me seeing the world from a different lens. When I see other people are going through their difficulties, it helps me relating with their experiences. Mm -hmm. Because uh, not all people at the all the time they are experiencing their highs. Probably at this time, so many people are experiencing their lows. But what I do, I try to bounce back sooner than later. Yeah. I go into nature. I do my dancing. I do my affirmations. I do my self positivity talk. Because sometimes talking to yourself... Tell is, me a self-positivity talk. Um, it's all about saying to myself, Gurdeep, you need to find joy again. You need to find your happiness again. Everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be good again. There's uh, sunshine, which is coming very soon, even if uh, there's uh, some moments of darkness. And uh, you're not alone. This is the thing. Like when we are low, all we think that... Hey, I'm alone. I'm, I'm alone. the only one. I'm the only one. Yeah. That feeling is, is true. If someone is going through that feeling, it's, it's true that loneliness is true. It's not something we can't deny that, hey, you have no right to be lonely. We all people experience loneliness. But during that time, if we think at different side of picture, that, yes, I'm lonely, but I'm not only person who is lonely. Mm -hmm. At this moment, there are maybe billions of people who are lonely. And there are people who are going through even more difficult times, even more challenging times 
than you are going through. If you think that way, it gives you some perspective. And, and then accepting loneliness to be okay. Mm-hmm. We humans, what we have, we, we deny. Quickly we deny. I'm lonely. I'm alone. No, I shouldn't, should not be lonely. I should not be alone. We do not accept it. We reject right away. But accept it. Accept it. You accept that you needed it. You mm-hmm. needed it for so many good reasons. To see the world from different lens, which I talked earlier, to find humanity, to create compassion, yeah. to relate with other people. Because it's, it's a kind of similar thing. Like, for example, if you've never been in a, in a car accident, a friend telling you a story that, that, hey, yesterday I was in a car accident, you'll still say that, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. and I'm sending my good thoughts. Let me know how, how can I help you. We, we say these words. But if you were in a car accident, too, and you hear the news from your friend that... Very different reaction. Very different reaction. Now you're relating. Gurdjieff, the fact that you bring this up, a car accident changed my life. I almost died. I was going, I was driving my compact car through a green light. A woman was driving her SUV through a red light. And I was thinking, this was a few years back. Oh, no, I'm going to avoid this. My next thought was, I can't avoid this. My third thought was, I'm too young to die. I was thrown in my car such a distance. I see that bright white light that everybody talks about before they die. It was the airbag, but still, I could have died. I mean, a millisecond must have changed my life. And it was that car accident that changed my path in life. Because when I had that moment flash before my eyes that I thought I'm too young to die, I thought, I want to lead a more meaningful life. I wasn't leaving this world with anything that I felt was meaningful enough to me. And to go through that, to go through other challenges, just like you spoke of, it it gives that extra compassion because what was a car accident to me might be a death in the family to somebody else. It's similar emotions that you experience and you're able to connect better with people. You're able to have more compassion for them. And that also teaches you to have more compassion for yourself. We are more willing to help a friend Mm -hmm. than we are to help ourselves. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it works both ways. You have more compassion for yourself. You have more compassion for other people. And, and you are better able to relax. You are better able to connect. And you are better able to find a new perspective. We were talking about being low, like mm-hmm. being low. What what's that state means? So we can come to conclusion from this example that we need to appreciate that moment too. And we treat that moment as some, some terrible moment. But we don't appreciate that. That was also important chapter of your life. You needed to experience to understand you are other side of the life. When you have more things, you have a better career, you have better life, you have better, more money. That gives a greater reflection. And in a similar way, um, like, uh, like appreciating sadness, which means that you are going to experience joy in a more fulfilling way. Yes. And you will 
that joy will not be just uh, dancing for a couple of minutes and then sitting in your couch and being sad again that moment when you are happy again that will be long lasting or maybe everlasting moment and your joy will be your healing your joy will be your therapy joy will be your self care joy will be your medicine your joy will be your meditation and when you come back to your high cycle then you are not only in your high cycle because you remember those moments that joy is with the compassion mm-hmm. it's like you win all the time and you never experience losing you're never really going to understand mm-hmm. the joy of winning What's really fascinating from all of this conversation of joy and all of this conversation of understanding, connecting with other people, you are doing this, Gurdip, while alone in the Yukon wilderness. <laughs> I have to talk about this with you. You have chosen from all of the places that you've been across Canada, you chose the Yukon wilderness. And tell me this before we go on. Is that an outhouse that I see in those videos where you're dancing by your cabin? Yes, that do is. Do you have plumbing or do you only have an outhouse? I have only outhouse. Whoa! <laughs> It's okay, answer me this question because I've been wondering. This is really important to me. It is the middle of the night. Coldest winter day of the year. Well, everything's a winter night in the Yukon. <laughs> And You have to go to the washroom. I am sure you drink a lot of water. You dance a lot. How do you go to the washroom in the middle of the night in the Yukon when it's minus 50 bazillion? Uh, um, I think when you don't have any other option, you'll have to just do it. Do you have to get into all of your winter gear? Do you put on your boots and you put on your jacket and then you go to the outhouse or do you just like boot it there? Uh, I just wear some light light clothing, like um, um, like pajamas and my sweater. Like I don't put my my jacket on all the time. You're a warrior. <laughs> you chose this, right? You don't want plumbing. You chose. I want an outhouse. Uh, I chose it. Yeah. I I knew before I started living there that there was uh, no plumbing, no running water, no washroom, no shower. It's just outhouse. That's it. I I I I I'm not often speechless. <laughs> this, is, this is extraordinary to me. So is it is it kind of bad that I only had a washroom to offer you here? Would you have preferred an outhouse? Is that your preference? Do you go places and you're like there's no outhouse here? <laughs> Like some people say to me that in in bigger cities that hey we have a dog and dog uh, inspires them to go outside. Mm-hmm. I will say that uh, due to out outhouse I'll have to go out so yeah. many times. <laughs> yeah. I, my dog has to go to his outhouse. I have to take him out a lot. Trust me. And it's really funny because when I go to the washroom in mm. my place, he comes with me because I think that he I take him out, so he thinks he has to take me to the washroom as well. A lot of information I I just gave there. <laughs> Oh, that just brought me a lot of joy. So what I've noticed is, as, as someone who is also in the public eye, you see people will come to you and you get the emotions. You get the spirit from people that they don't often share with others. They feel safe behind a screen revealing that to you. So you can learn a lot about people that most won't realize 
because they're not in that position where they have strangers constantly trying to connect with them. I receive emails and messages from people who share these things about themselves. And it's often things that others would think, I'm the only one, I'm the only one, I'm the only one. And you're receiving these messages from people. You're seeing this other side to them. And it also, because when we talked about this at the beginning, we talked about the passion that you had in creating, okay, I'm doing a dance video a day starting March 11th, 2020. And I asked you, that's become a sort of responsibility as well, because you have all of these people who rely upon you from these people who have reached out to you, whether to talk about, I'm in my hospital bed and you're bringing me joy or this or that. Is there something that sticks with you to this day, whether it was a message of sadness, whether it was a message of joy, but a message that somebody gave you that is with you to this day, because I have some of those. What's yours? I would say that uh, uh, collectively, the way you described these messages, they, they collectively created an impact on me. They helped me think in such a way that that the work which I've been doing, this is important work. It created a self-realization. I'll give you an example of a doctor in United States. One day he was doing his surgeries, and then in the evening time, he opened my pages, social media, and my website, and he sent me a message. Hey, Gurdeep, I'm a, a trauma surgeon in the United States, and today I saw so many patients and uh, I was feeling heartbroken, and suddenly I came um, to your website and your social media pages, and I'm finding my joy, I'm feeling good after that, and I decided to write to you to let you know that, so that uh, you know that, uh, that what you are doing is helpful to many people. Someone, somewhere maybe in um, Newfoundland and Labrador, someone whose uh, uh, only child died, adult child along with his girlfriend in a car accident that person is writing to me that hey Gurdeep um, I've been going through such a such a huge loss grieving from so many months and I'm coming to your page to find my joy to find my hope to find my positivity someone in Vancouver somewhere someone in Calgary somewhere in Toronto everywhere limitless so many messages Similar language, going through really, really, really dark time, really, really grieving and sad time, and they are watching my dance, reading my messages, and it's helping them a lot. And it gave me a profound realization. It gave me a profound realization which still, and even in the future, will stay with me forever, that... Uh, this is important. All I think that I don't need to think about anything. When I start dancing or when I write that message that this is very important. Gurdeep, this is very important. This is very important. And, and it helps me. Because all those people, they're going to watch it. And it's going to help so many people. Those are maybe less than 1% of people going through similar experiences because not all people get courage mm -hmm. to write to other people. Those are just some of those people who let me know. But there are many other people too. Mm -hmm. And I, I think about those people. Even when I start dancing, I think about those people. That 
gives me meaning it gives me a purpose it gives me a reason it gives me that why i need to do it it's not just that hey i need to go outside and just randomly dance make a video and put on social media that purpose that meaning that reason that pulls me out of my cabin brings me in nature helps me creating that moment and which i share on social media also in person with many people people love giving titles to what they do everybody wants to know what are you this is such an important question to people and somebody says to you because they want to know your profession right that's so important to them but we're so much more than our profession <laughs> oh and somebody says to you what are you what do you say <laughs> sometimes i feel that what have i been doing that it doesn't have any title it's, it's you're something... the most joyful person on the planet that's what you say gordy <laughs> Dahlia says, I am the most joyful person on the planet. Right? I think uh, it's making me humble. It's making making me humble. Um, Whatever people say with their love, with pure love, I just accept it. I feel that uh, um, love is very important. Sometimes, uh, even with love, something people say, which is not right, but... It's coming from a pure and kind and compassionate heart, and I accept it. But I, I personally feel that I'm I'm nothing. I I, I don't uh, like I know that some media people write me as celebrity or other. I I've seen those kind of words, uh, but I myself don't see that way. I just feel like uh, as a simple human living in in the wilderness of the Yukon with, with an outhouse, with an outhouse, without running water, without a wash, uh, with, without any any shower facility. Um, living very very simple life very very simple life and very so i feel like that where does your water come from when you have to clean your dishes (laughs) now you just gave me so many more questions you have to clean your dishes where's your water coming from so i'll have to haul water every week goodness gracious you are you must be the fittest you're not only the most joyful person in the world you are the fittest person on the planet between your dancing and that hauling water <laughs> you know Gurdip, i live uh, i live a pretty minimalist life and I, I say this as somebody who lives in the big city <laughs> but i i i find clutter on the outside it is clutter on the inside and i could understand your minimalist life this must give you a, a sense of peace and maybe even like a sense of familiarity because you grew up in this small punjabi farming village what do the people in your village Think of what's going on in your life right now. Think of the most joyful person on the planet who's representing... What's the name of your village? Sear. Sear. Yes. What do the people of Sear think? Yeah, sometimes because uh, this is uh, like magic of internet. These days we can uh, look what people are doing in different side of the world. So, of course, people from my village sometimes, especially new generation, they, they check my things on internet and uh, they talk about it and when we think about minimalistic we think that hey let's get rid of extra things from from our household then we'll be minimalistic right mm-hmm. but my minimalistic lifestyle is that i actually don't have many 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 things mm-hmm. it's just basic cabin with the roof on and to going to 
that level of minimalistic it takes uh, effort it takes uh, courage it takes some some uh, some motivation and people in my village they find it very interesting they find <laughs> they find that uh, that gurdeep is uh, something up to up to some sort of mission i don't know they probably don't understand what i'm doing 100% but but uh, they find it very interesting <laughs> what does your family say like like a similar way my my family they they also think that uh, because uh, because uh, uh, the yukon is is very remote like uh, for my family they even uh, first didn't know about where the yukon is i'll have to explain that this is there in canada's north above british columbia close to alaska close to santa claus <laughs> yeah close to arctic ocean something like that uh, um they said okay 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 so so is that far is that far yeah is is very far is is very different is wilderness is there are just mountains there are just lakes there are there are bears there are there are porcupines there are caribou there are moose i as i feel that they are just fantasizing in their mind what it looks like is my none of my family member been to yukon mm-hmm. yet They, most canadians haven't most people in the world haven't yeah yeah so they don't have any practical understanding all the the envision mm-hmm. based on i tell them that it looks like this <laughs> so so they also find it interesting and then here you are in the wilderness and this is part of the, the fascination i imagine is a man from a punjabi farming village who's dancing um, beautiful it, it it's absolutely gorgeous it's like you're doing these moving postcards and it's just such a juxtaposition to see that and, and that's part of what captures the joy but also you have to be skilled you you went into this march 11th 2020 i'm going to post a video of me dancing every day and you i mean you weren't this social media person that so many people followed your account and wrote to you and sent you gifts from around the world now you're that person you are creating content to be presented to who knows how many people around the world all of these people who are are watching the, the work that you do all of these messages that you get back these comments how much of your day is social media that's the thing cuz my i use the, these platforms to broadcast my messages mm-hmm. which means that my work the social media is also component of my this mm-hmm. this work so i'll have to rely on social media so I, i use that as part of my my all together creating video creating message then putting them together on on social media platform of course because when something is part of your what you are passionate about it takes some time yes mm-hmm. social media takes some of my time but i stay very very careful um as soon as one post is on the next thing i do to shut my social media down so that now i forget what has gone on social media i find this strategy very helpful because uh, yes i understand that for me it has been useful tool social media as as a useful tool to bring my message to the world but i am also aware that uh, spending time on social media can be harmful for my creative process mm-hmm. I, i like to preserve my creative process so uh, 
as soon as I'm done with the publishing and posting, then I'm done with social media. I do not check it for, for a long time. Then I, I check, um, I, I have some times during the daytime when I allow myself to check. And then after I check one more time, then I, I shut it down again. So that way it's helping me using this platform as a good use and also not using it overly. But I use it to the extent that I'm able to broadcast. Because for me, social media is my, my, my platform to broadcast. So I use it for that purpose. You make these gorgeous videos. Do you choreograph before you go outside and shoot it? Or do you just go with your heart and your spirit and your soul? It works both ways. Sometimes I think... Uh, beforehand which moves I'll be doing mm -hmm. I envision them in my mind but sometimes I just go outside in the world uh, wilderness and uh, as soon as I'm in that mood I'm in that moment I feel that the energy is right the the surroundings are perfect and then um, it can be some spontaneous as well so it's a mixture of both is the music on while you're dancing or is the music in your head Yes, it's on. I feed music directly into my camera when I shoot my video so that uh, my camera picks only music, not any outside noise. So that's why it, the music turns out very clear in the video. But music is played live. Sometimes even to create a video of one minute, it can, can take a one hour. Yeah, <laughs> the editing, the time that you put oh, into it. Oh, that maybe it could be uh, half day. Sometimes if uh, like... Uh, for example, if I'm going to a different location, because I also like to explore different locations in the Yukon, it could take my whole day just going to that place, making film, and then editing it. Then, And also, not only the filming part, also the writing part. The message, like what message I'm going to broadcast mm -hmm. with this video. And sometimes just thinking about that right message, it can take one hour just to think and write accurate words. I also spend time composing the message. I don't compose my message right into social media. I, I write my message separately as in a full-fledged word processor. You write poetry too. <laughs> I saw that the other day. You, I, I, I've watched, you've probably, I'm sure you've seen this because you are you, but I've watched how you've grown in what you're presenting, in what you're sharing, in the profoundity of your message as well. It's a beautiful thing to be able to grow from something where you haven't even created these expectations. I think that's going back to what you said about Bungra at the beginning, is that you, you can't try to create this perfect dance. You need to have these mistakes, and those are the points where you find the joy. Those are the points where you find the learning. In all of this... What is the greatest thing you've learned? Greatest thing is just creating and nurturing this purest and purest connection with people. And those people are many people, even I don't know personally who they are. Gurdip, leave us with a message right now for someone who's, who says, you know what, I don't have that joy, I don't have that hope, I don't have that positivity that you try so hard to share. I wish I did. I've tried everything. What's your message to that person? First, I would like to say to that person, whatever you moment you are in, that's all right. 
and sometimes we think that uh, oh i am in the saddest in the toughest moment but first you feel okay with that if you are going through some difficulties if you are going through some uh, sadness if you are going through loneliness think that i'm all right with that i, I can deal with this it's like uh, embracing sadness it's like embracing difficult moments second path after you do it that would be your walk your march towards joy i know that if you are going through really really tough time it could not be easy it cannot be easy probably you'll have to take some baby steps it may take time the path to joy can be long mm-hmm. but if you can gradually slowly start thinking about that hey to create some balance in my life it's okay to add it's okay for my heart to experience some joy some happiness we live in this culture when uh, when there's a still stigma when something tragic happens in our life we do not allow ourselves to experience joy we sometimes feel that what other people would think of me but joy is healing mm-hmm. it's not that uh, you are going to create fun it's not uh, that uh, that entertainment yes those are elements too but joy is also your path for healing path to healing path to that state of mind which could be very grounding so take those baby steps maybe every day mm-hmm. may- maybe a few times find resources around you movement find a movement movement could be just walking in nature Mm-hmm. i'm not saying that you should just start dancing right away you can just start walking going to some spots finding some places where you can find uh, natural elements such as a river or uh, some mountains or if you are living in in city city maybe going to park could be a good alternative and those those little steps they would be helpful in a long long run then uh, then moving forward slowly it can take uh, depending upon you it could take maybe one day maybe one week maybe one month maybe six months maybe a year but if you try 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 and you are determined that i will find my joy i will return to joy you'll be able to and i would say that the seed is inside your heart you need to let it sprout just allow some sunshine some soil some excitement some uh, some effort i think a big magic can happen this is similar to the story of of a chinese bamboo tree where you can water it and try to let it grow going back every single day you see nothing you do this for 5 years and then suddenly it grows to 100 feet tall in weeks in just weeks but you don't see anything until 5 <laughs> years later you described that gurdip pandir i thank you so much for coming all the way to toronto <laughs> and i am so terribly sorry that i didn't have an outhouse for you to use here that you had to use plumbing i i'm sorry for that i totally expected an outhouse where is the outhouse well, there's a roof here if you like i'll send you you could go outside 
Sorry to everybody standing uh, below. Thank you so much for everything that you do, for bringing so many people joy and for bringing me joy today. Can we please end off with a ready, happy <laughs> joy, hope, and positivity. Ready, happy. It's how I'm going to wake up every single day from now on. Mm -hmm. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Dahlia. Thank you for having me. It has been so wonderful to connect with you in person. Ready, happy. It is just in my head. It is just in my head like that. Do that when you get out of bed tomorrow morning. It hasn't left my head at all yet. And that's probably what keeps me getting out of bed on days like like today. Yeah, I know. I sound joyful right now. It's been a tough day. But saying the ready, happy and going through the bungra, I'm telling you, it makes a difference. So do that. When you get out of bed tomorrow morning, I am serious or do it to get yourself out of bed tomorrow morning. If you start your day with joy, you will spark your day with joy. Careful though, it's contagious. So thank you for dropping by the neighboralia. I am here to help you shine brightly so you can use your light to help others shine as well. And you're doing that. I want to make specific mention to thank you for doing that, for all of your kindnesses in sharing these episodes, the videos I post on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or wherever. And please share this episode with someone you care about who needs some joy. So, okay. Just share it with everyone you care about. And please make sure, we all need joy, and please make sure to follow this podcast so you don't miss any of these life-changing guests that we meet here. Oh, and be sure to check out the video of Gordeep teaching me how to dance. It was super fun, and I sat sweaty through a whole conversation for you with Gordeep. Yeah. So you know what that says? That says, one, I work so hard for you that I sweat. And two, Gurdip is a lovely human being to sit alongside me, beside me, whilst I sweat. So thank you very much, Gurdip. And it is time for you to live and help live. Well, it's always time for you to live and help live. But that was just like my really nice way to say, bye. Thank you very much. Live and help live. See, it sounds so much more gracious than just saying, bye. Live and help live. Oh, oh. Nothing rhymes without ya. Nothing rhymes without ya. Nothing rhymes without ya. Neighboralia. <laughs> Joy, hope, and positivity.